Hello and welcome to the DH Effect. I'm Hillary and this is my beautiful co-host Sonia, flying co-pilot as usual. Our focus this month is on how we consistently show up with a decided heart, no matter what roles we have, the, the people that we're with, or even the environment that we're in. We are always anchored. For sure. And what a challenge this can all be for parents who are trying to balance work, family, if they even have a social life, their personal lives, right? I mean, really, how can a parent manage it all and live the life that they are working so hard for? And so we are just so grateful to have Amy Gretschmiel, founder and CEO of Corporate Mom Coach, share her experience and guidance to help parents find ways to consistently show up and contribute with their decided heart, both at home and at work. As former Fortune 500 VP, she's been there, folks, and now she is on a quest to help parents leave a lasting legacy for their families while making impacts in their careers. Like to me, when I read that, I'm like, that's the vision, right? Like Hillary and I, all of us, in it, we're, we're, not, we're parents and we really want to do it all well. And so, Amy, we are just so grateful. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Sonia and Hillary. It's such an honor, really, because I think this is so necessary. I, I know that COVID really shone this huge light on the imbalance that had been our home and life, um, home life and, and work life balance or lack of um, juggling. There's all kinds of images I get in my mind when I think of it. Balance is never one of them. We would love to hear, hear your story of really how, how did corporate mom coach, because that's what you really are, corporate mom coach, how did that even come to be? Yeah, wow, it's it's such a um, a long story, but I will, I will summarize the best that I can here. But in short, um, you know, I had my first child when I was 35 years old. And, you know, up until that point, my career was such a large part of my identity. And I think it can be for, for many women, um, particularly who, who don't have children, right? We can, we can get so consumed by our career and kind of addicted to the achievement, go, go, go mentality that is with it. And it wasn't until I had my first child at the age of 35 that I, I really say it was, it was my like awakening experience, you know, her first six months of life, I realized very quickly that I, the mode I had been operating in, which had become so much a part of my, my way of being, my way of life, it didn't really work for me as a mother. I felt that I, I needed to slow down, but I didn't know how. I, I knew that I wanted to savor these moments, but I was then beating myself up because I wasn't. I was very addicted to the doing and the activity and all the things. And so that's really when I start, first started working with life coaches. So shortly after my daughter was born, I, I, I got a life coach and I learned tools and concepts that I was like, blew my mind. And I was like, whoa, why is no one told me this before? <laughs> and why is no one talking about this? Like, in corporate. And 
why, why is there not enough support like this out there for mothers who really need, cause I knew I wasn't the only one experiencing this. Like I knew I wasn't the only one. And so that kind of spawned this whole just desire to work with other coaches and learn more about personal development and personal growth to really design this motherhood experience that like how I wanted it to be. And I just wanted to, to enjoy it. I wanted to enjoy it. I wanted to feel my best. And I wanted to create that impact, not only for my daughter, but also still show up, you know, in an effective way in my career and feel good about that too. And so I, um, that's really where corporate mom coach was born after first being a student of coaching concepts for so many years until I decided to launch my own business and leave my corporate career basically in 2020 to launch my own coaching business as corporate mom coach. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really in particular, I'm tuning into the word design and I would love, I would love for you to speak to that a little bit, if you don't mind, Amy, because I think there's a confusion about living a life I love, I've heard this before time and time again, and I love it, which is live a life by design, not default, but, and I won't say, but I'll say, and we have a lot of humans that are like, well, I designed it this way. It's going to be this way. There's no adaptability and flexibility in it at all. Can you sort of give a bit of a, a, an overview of what it is to start to create this design, designing the motherhood experience? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think to start, you have to look at your pain points, right? So if you find that you are in a chronic state of overwhelm, frustration, irritation, things like that, that's a clue, right? That something's off internally, right? Something's off internally. And the reality is most people go to uh, blaming outer circumstances. Well, it's because of my job or my boss or my husband or the lack of support or whatever it is. Right. And so you really have to take personal responsibility first and foremost, and think about how can I manage myself emotionally? How can I manage my mindset? How can I just manage my perspective of those circumstances to feel as good as I possibly can. And that's really what this is about. It's taking ownership of your own life and designing it in a way that makes you feel good. And part of that is really letting go, detaching from outer influences, which most people let influence them far too much. It's like, you know, that's saying like you give your power away. I mean, I, I, I kind of use it like you're giving a responsibility away, right? It's really about taking ownership for your own life and your own well-being. And it wasn't until I became a mother that I really, really got that. And I really saw that. And I think prior to that point, you know, we do a lot of things, you know, to for what we, we what we think we should do, right, in our life. Like we should go to college, get a good job, buy the house, get married, have like all these things, right? Like all these shoulds, but we don't really stop to think about, okay, what is it I really want in my heart? And how do I want to feel on a daily basis? And it doesn't, you know, 
it's not like, what do I want? Like, you know, external beach house, mountain house. It's no, like, what do you want? How do you want to feel? Right. How do you want to feel about your life? And how do you, what are the things that you can do to manage yourself internally to create more of that good feeling? I know we we both so appreciate that. And the use of detachment is such a super tool for us and living with a decided heart. And I feel like, you know, what I'm connecting with is there's a bit of unfairness and I'm going to probably be like the little kid because we were scripted. Like we were given the script, right? We were given the design. When you do these things, honey, oh my gosh, your life is going to be amazing. And And so you practice it as a child, you get good at it as a teen, by the 20s, you're feeling confident, you're living this design, you never question that it was never yours. I mean, it was always yours, it was given to you. And, you know, I, so the mindfulness, and we I always use the word microscopic moment. So for you, and I think for many of us, when we became the parents, or maybe it's maybe like life in the transition by Bruce, uh, what's the Tyler, Tyler, something happens, there's a change. And then you mentioned an unsettling, like, oh, this isn't, mm, this is kind of icky or, mm-hmm. and then it's a consistent ickiness. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, it's the, the courage it took. I would love to ask, how did you question, wait, mm-hmm. this is not my design. I want my own design. And then not only said, I need help. I need to mm-hmm. reach out and get a coach because we see many people in that struggle, but then they're not unable to find, to um, receive this acceptance. Like I need help. I need to get a coach. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you? Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I just was tired of feeling bad. Mm. Like I was just tired of feeling stuck and frustrated. And I, I, it's like that that phrase I, uh, Michael Beckwith, I think, uh, said, um, you know, pain pushes until the vision pulls. Mm, I love that. <laughs> yeah, right. So powerful. And I, I just knew, like, and 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 I've always been one to. I mean, I've I haven't like had a problem with like raising my hand and and you know asking questions or being curious or asking for help. And so for me, it was like. I have a little life here, like this, this baby, and I'm struggling to navigate all of this internally. And it was, it was, you know, showing itself externally, right through behavior, through results, right. And I knew I had to, I had to do the work on myself. If I was to show up as the mother and the spouse and the, you know, employee that I, that I wanted to be, it was just, it was just such an obvious thing. And, you know, people, I think sometimes negotiate with themselves about whether or not like they need to do something different. And the only thing that you need to do really is you just need to decide. You just need to decide like for yourself, like, I, I want something different because nothing changes if nothing changes, right? But we get so caught in this mind drama of like, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have the support, blah, 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 blah. No, you just decide because no one else is going to take ownership for your life like you. You must take ownership of your, of your own life. 
I think that what I appreciate appreciate about what you're saying is, you know, this word, and I love, of course, we love the word decide. But I also think, to be fair, that word can feel really intimidating and scary to people because they assume that decide means I better know what's next because I'm deciding like, and now it's decided it's this, it's this concrete fixed thing. What I really appreciate about listening to your story and what you're sharing, Amy, is this idea of curiosity Mm. of, I don't have to, as our good friend, Sean says, you're not following some dream, you're following your themes, right? Mm. And that gives you permission to decide you want something different, not to decide what that is necessarily, but to look for the clues for the next Mm. step and the next place and the next Mm. question. And that it's the journey that leads you there versus this idea of, well, I'm so stuck and I can't jump until I decide what the end point is. And oh my gosh, that just even saying that I can feel my whole body. Like I want to just take and like shake off the yucky of how that feels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I lived it, it, the whole, like, I must be in control hands so tightly on the wheel of controlling the outcomes and things like that. And that's what wasn't working for me anymore. Right. Like that's like, I was able to, you know, get promoted often and rise through the ranks in, in corporate, you know, at a young age and do all these things because I was like, like this, you know, my hands so tightly on the wheel and I was controlling so much of my life. And I always say it worked until it didn't. <laughs> and it didn't work for me anymore once I became a mother. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn and I had to integrate the opposite of control, mm-hmm. which is around surrender. Mm-hmm. And she when said the word, she said the word, <laughs> sorry, Sonia knows I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you have to keep going. Surrender is still to this day, a trigger word for me that I really struggle with that word. So keep, keep, please keep going. But like knowing okay. that trigger, please okay. also help our audience to understand that word. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the opposite of control is surrender. And so when I integrated more of that into my life of just allowing things to be as they were, not judging them, not thinking things should be different, just accepting radical acceptance towards, you know, people and events and circumstances in my life. It actually created that balance in my life because without it, I was very type A, you know, perfectionist, you know, masculine energy, commanding, like controlling, right? And it was too much. I needed that balance. And the only way to balance that was to let go, right? And to surrender. And so I had to learn those tools. Not only did I have to learn them, but then I had to apply them. I had to practice them in my daily life. And I still do today, right? But it's really developing these tools and and using them so that you can feel better on a day-to-day basis. You can feel better in your, 
exchanges, whether they're macro exchanges, you know, big decisions, big meetings, but then those also those micro, those micro exchanges you have with people every single day of your life. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. I think um, one of the things about that balance, I think this is a consistent thing in the, in our, in our zoom room today is that we, that surrender word is something that we've discovered. We each have our different experiences with it and the outcome of that. Uh, I, I guess I want to also let others know um, that just, just the curiosity of an understanding what this word is, is deciding that first step. Mm. And so the practicing and the fumbling and the rumbling, however we want to call it, it truly is baby steps. And that's what we do with decided heart. It's just understand it, just, un, you know, uncover what's under that one rock. Oh, there's a pain point there. Interesting. And then when we say, let's invite it in, yeah. invite it in for tea. Um, it was <laughs> one of our guest speakers as well. Let's talk to it for a second to understand it. And then we might name it and then we might eventually release it. And um, that there's also another word, faith, like just have mm -hmm. the faith once you decide and maybe surrender is one of them. These little steps will get you you know, the journey will get you there, but it's okay to take it in itty bitty steps. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think one of the fear factors is, oh, okay, I went, I'm now controlling and I now have to get over here. To <laughs> instant, and, and it's so big that then they say too much work. I'm just going to stay here. And I'm sure right. people, you've seen that with your clients as well. Yeah. And, and myself too. And, and here's the thing, you know, we, we adopt this mentality again, often, you know, through our culture and society of like, we must get things completed by a certain date. Right. And so we put this, all this pressure on ourselves, like I'm going to join this coaching program and therefore I'm going to be fixed three months later. Right. And so we have all this pressure, but that's not the point of growth work. That's not the point of our own personal growth and development. It's little by little by little and things will shift for you and open up for you in ways that you can't even see yet, but you have to trust and surrender, right? That you're being open to something different, right? And learning a new way, right? And these, these ways, these tools that I was taught in coaching that I teach in coaching, like they're not really taught in our education system. And it's so powerful. The mindset work is everything. And it's, it's, I, I feel like I am, I have a responsibility to give this information to parents, to specifically mothers who are really struggling and who really want to learn these concepts and tools to help them manage their mind and manage their, their day-to-day -day life and how they feel. Amy, I'm thinking through what you said, and, and I, I've had this conversation in my head that I haven't brought up to anybody ever um, because I didn't know if I could say it out loud. I feel, and, and again, I'm going to have a little bit of my own fit, um, this unfairness, but but I'm ready for the challenge, but it's something that I'm, I'm noticing. I feel like our generation is kind of, we're looking at the crunch and the stress and the over- scheduling and what society has sort of led to where our children are now. And we're looking above to the structure and the scripts that our parents gave us. 
And I feel like we are having this really hard responsibility that I don't know if other generations, I mean, every generation has their thing, but I'm seeing it in the women in our generation of actually having this responsibility of healing generational trauma, mm. of of deciding this is enough, of taking the script and ripping it up and writing our own. But it's freaking hard work. I mean, do yeah. you, am I am I crazy for saying that? No, it, you're absolutely right. It is it is hard work. It is a responsibility, and it would be so much easier if, as parents, we just you know we're unaware and asleep and things just happened as they happened. You know, it's focusing or, or being consciously aware of how things are and the shifts that you want to make for yourself and your family and the influence, the influence that we have on our children is tremendous, right? Tremendous. But you must have an awareness around that first before you, you take any type of action and you know, it, it is a responsibility if you choose to accept it. Not everyone does. You know, I have, and I've, I've really made it my, my life's work and, and my mission to do what I can, not only to improve myself, I, I truly believe that the greatest gift we can give to our loved ones is our own personal growth as mothers. Mm -hmm. And when we focus on that, we change generation, we make generational shifts, we change generational behaviors, habits, trauma, all this stuff, we make those shifts, but it all starts with, with the mothers. Mm -hmm. It all starts with the mothers. That is just so beautiful to hear. I've never heard that before is our greatest gift is our own personal growth. Um, and I, I've witnessed that now I'm looking kind of reflecting on, um, you know, showing up as a woman as, and a mother to my daughter. And, and her relaying some things she's witnessing that celebrates me, you know, and, and so now I'm realizing like, oh my gosh, that's the greatest gift is, you know, to, to let her know that we're just constantly ever growing. And that gives her permission too to always be curious about her own life. And I do want to shift a bit if that's okay, because, you know, we've really talked about that self-discovery and that personal growth but you do have something really interesting. You say something, I mean, you mentioned something about helping families um, leave a legacy. And that's so powerful to me. It's like, oh, you're going to leave a legacy behind. Can you share a bit? What does that mean for you um, yeah. as you're working with parents? Yeah. So I think when we hear that word and, and when I was in corporate, I, I worked in the financial services space. I worked in banking. And so when you hear the word legacy, you automatically think like something monetary, like you're going to leave like assets and money to your kids and that's your lasting legacy. And surely that can be a component of it, but that's actually just a small piece. And the reality is that's probably what, not what our loved ones really need. Leaving a legacy for your family or for your kids is in what we display and what we exhibit in our everyday life. It's through our habits. It's through our behaviors. It's through those micro exchanges. It's in our tone of voice, right? It's how we show up as a person, right? How do you want to be remembered as a parent or as a mother, right? How are you showing up as a person? And I consider that to be so much more important than any asset left to my child. Do you know what I mean? It's all those intangibles 
all those intangibles. And I was like, but that's everything. That's what creates connection. That's, that's what creates like your generational impact. You know, when people are talking about mom or grandma, like that's what I really want. And so really creating that legacy. Sure. It can be financial focus, asset focus, whatever, but that's like the easy stuff, you know, like everybody can like throw some money in a savings account pretty much, you know, but it's the other stuff. It's the other stuff. Like what kind of relationship do you want to have with your adult children? Right. Because how you're being now informs that right in their early days and their, in their younger years, things like that. And so that's what, that's what I mean by, you know, creating that legacy. Sonia, I feel like, I, I mean, we've had this conversation, so I'm, I'm like, is she going to say it? Is she going to say it? I, <laughs> I don't have all the space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do. So Sonia and I both have adult, like, our children are between the ages of, between the two of us, between the ages of 22. And then we have, we have the random 13 year old. Um, but, but we, Gabby is not random, but mine, uh, um, my kids are 17, um, tw almost 20 and then 21. And, um, and so Sonia and I have had this conversation before of there is a shift that happens when you, when your children are becoming adults and the respect and, and that, that now and the dignity that has to be given and if we aren't in that, you know, as, as Glennon Doyle talks about being um, the obedient daughter versus being, I, as I put it, the grown ass woman, um, there's this shift that happens where if we are telling them what to do, not, not doing our own growth, but, you know, command and control um, versus trusting and, and companioning and walking alongside, that shift can blow up. Like mm -hmm. it really does have to be, again, as you said, a decision and kids are nurtured in a different way by society, not nurture is the wrong word, taught. They see something different in society now than we were, we were raised to just be obedient mm -hmm. and they have been raised to question, not even outside of us. Um, so I think there's a lot of parents right now that are, that are experiencing this, this explosion and they don't know why. And yeah. listening to you, it is this importance of ownership, responsibility, reflection, hold up. What is it that I do want for this relationship mm -hmm. and what has to be in place mm -hmm. in order to create that? Mm -hmm. And what has to be in place within you in order for that to happen? Because that's the origin. That's mm -hmm. the origin of of all of our results. It all starts within, you know, results are really from the inside out. I would just love to start. I mean, just, we have to start closing up, unfortunately. And I just want to make sure that our listeners and viewers, is there anything, maybe a tip or two? Cause I, I, I know that they are really probably absorbing all of this as Hillary and I are, we're just kind yeah. of like settling with it. Um, what is one or two tips that you can share to help our parents take, or and our mothers particular, particularly, take that next step? Mm. Maybe and, and think about the like, you know, this word legacy in the way that mm. you describe mm -hmm. it. So I I think it's important, imperative, really, for all parents, mothers and fathers, 
to have their own dedicated time for themselves. And I don't mean scrolling social media. That's not dedicated personal time. That's scrolling social media. But I mean dedicated, quiet time for yourself. I'm talking 20 to 30 minutes a day, right? Where you're just gathering your thoughts. You're thinking about, you know, what went well, what can be improved upon, right? You're thinking about, you know, being open to ideas or support that might might be there now, might not be there now. Maybe you're meditating, maybe you're journaling, you know, you're, you're reading something that's purposeful and meaningful, but time with yourself, because as a parent who has a career and, you know, and kids and maybe a spouse, like there's oftentimes like we, we come from this place of like service to everyone else. And it's so true. It's, you cannot pour from an empty cup. And so that quiet time for yourself to just be with yourself, if you don't have a practice around this, then there's, there's, I'm happy to share some, you can go to my website, but there's, there's an element to just your own self care, your own self care, but, but not, you know, getting your nails done or getting a pedicure. It's just being with yourself and thinking about the kind of person that you're being and how you want to show up in your daily life. I think that's so powerful. And I think it, I resonate with it so much. And I think we've, we've been taught that anything outside of um, service is um, selfish, mm-hmm. right? And that's, I, I, we just interviewed Bob Berg from The Go-Giver not, not long ago. And this idea of four pieces of what you do out of his five strategies are all about giving. And then the last is about receiving, because if you don't receive, there's nothing to give. Right. And I, I, so I, I go back to I'm, I'm settling in on this idea when you were talking about this legacy. And and I loved, gosh, I really, really loved what you said about the greatest gift we can give as mothers is our own personal growth. That is our personal growth. Growth is not selfish. It right. is the work that mm-hmm. is the service, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so just having that sink in and it's really necessary. It's it's nece- It's so necessary. I mean, Amy, I have to tell you, for me um, personally, the two biggest things that changed if people when people ask like, when did you shift in your whole mindset? It was not that long ago. It was maybe five or six years ago, and literally the two things that I committed to that changed everything were were my fitness so you know eating healthy and and walking because that was necessary for me so that so that I could fill up and then getting up every morning a half hour earlier than everyone else Mm -hmm. and I'm a reader Mm -hmm. and so I read every morning and I hadn't I had stopped when I became a mother I had stopped doing it Mm -hmm. and literally within and I was like I'm not going to judge myself I'm just going to stick to this routine this is it and after about two, three months, I was like, holy smokes, my anxiety levels were down. Yep. My clarity was uh, like the change mm-hmm. was insane. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I agree completely. And it's, again, you have to find the practice that works well for you. But I, oftentimes I find that people don't even commit to a practice, right? They don't even commit, they don't even commit to the time for themselves. They're like, I don't have time for myself. Well, you're not creating it for yourself. Mm-hmm. So 
right? So it's a choice. It's back to the decision again. And because you know that when you decide to create that space for yourself and whatever you choose to fill it with, for me personally, similar to you in, in reading, for me, it was meditation. So when I meditate, that's me filling my cup. That's me filling my cup, working on my mindset, and then everything else just just shows up better. When I did that for four to six weeks, my entire life changed Amazing. completely. Well, I'm, I think this is such a great way. I, I, am, I know that our viewers and listeners are like, what's my practice? What's my routine? <laughs> and so they're, they're going to want to say, like, how do they reach out to you to really start that next step? What's the best yeah. way? So you can go to my website, corporatemomcoach.com. It has all of my information there. And I do offer a complimentary clarity call to working women and, and dads too. I do have some men who I work with. Um, but yeah, you can check out all my information on my website. And you also do that. I mean, you also offer that in general, I think, which is so necessary as, as something that can be done in corporations, having this facilitating this discussion and and really this, this idea behind the personal growth and the balance um, that, that can help us. Because the truth of the matter is, is when your mind is not clear at home, you can't be expected to come into work and feel like you're going to be, yes, you'll be professional, but it's not going to be your fullest potential. It just isn't. So it really is a benefit to corporations mm-hmm. to get on board with that as well. Absolutely. And that's, and that's what I do also. I, I partner with corporations to bring these tools and information and, you know, coaching, some of the coaching techniques to bring them to the employers, right? Because that's how, you know, a way to reach working parents um, if they don't find me on their own. But one way is to go through employers and really make this as a benefit to their employees to help them um, show up as their as their best selves at work too. So amazing. Thank you so much for the, for your service, Amy, to all Thank the parents. You. I mean, we're all, I mean, even in the corporate, like who runs the corporate humans, huh? Humans <laughs> have homes. So we're all kind of needing to do our work, right? So we just want to say thank you to you, Amy. Thank you to our listeners and viewers for joining us for this episode. Please be sure to follow us on all the social media platforms, not on your personal time. You can do the social media stuff later. Uh, Subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube so you never miss an episode. Check out our website along with Amy's. um, Ours is dheffect.com for more great opportunities to nurture that decided heart. And then until next time, may you always have the courage to live with a decided heart.